it was entirely serendipitous, actually. I uh, met Cameron when she came to do a presentation at Texas Tech, um, and I was responsible for keeping that organized and kind of being the lead person when she was there. And we had a great conversation at the end of the Instructor Essentials course. It was a few months later where I was looking at you know moving on from Texas Tech and saying, well, where do I want to go next? And I started my personal training business right at the same time and got, you know, put on a phone call with Cameron that said, what do you know? You know, what can you tell me about the industry, about moving up, about moving forward? And she goes, well, we have this opportunity where you can put to use, you know, that bike racing background and your experience managing this group fitness setting, going out into clubs and sharing the same information that I brought to you. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty good. So it it was just being in a good place and meeting a good person. Hi, this is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Well, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm talking with Dante Hector, who is... One of the stages indoor cycling master educators, Dante. How are things? Things are going really well. Um, a lot of exciting things happening. Lots of people are catching on to riding with power and enjoying it and measuring their outcomes. You're doing a lot of the installs down in that Texas area. You're based in Austin, is that right? That's correct. Based in Austin, Texas. Okay. And you're doing a lot of the installs in that kind of the southern part of the country for stages in the free motion indoor cycling? That's right. So I'm involved in the install and initial bike setup for some of the locations in Southern California. And when they come up in Texas, I'm the on-the-spot guy. And then and once we've got the bikes in, I'm also the trainer to the trainers. I help the instructors understand how to put all of this newer technology to use, how to feel comfortable on these bikes, and how to introduce them to their members. Okay. What have you been seeing as as a, a level of acceptance uh, in the instructors that you're working with? Once we're in there and we're talking about some of the features of the bike, like the fast fit element, you know, that we've designed it to make it very easy to get class started on time. And then when we get into benchmark testing and here's how to prove that people are getting results from being in your amazing class, people really get excited about it um, because there's always been receiving the handful of compliments from your regulars and maybe even getting some constructive feedback from people who are invested in you enough to want you to improve. But now there are numbers in front of your participants that say, hey, look, by coming to my class, you went from this six weeks ago to this right now. And when it gets participants excited, it gets instructors excited. And I think that they can sense that when we start the trainings. You know, I did an interview with Jay Blonick here a little while back. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it, where we discussed this. You know, power's great, and yet it's it's not taken off like a lot of us maybe had thought it would. Right. Um, so you've got people, you've got instructors excited about power. Are you hearing that they're continuing with that excitement or fading, I guess would be the, the way to ask it. There are actually some challenges 
as instructors continue to use the information, you know, because you go to a workshop or you have an educator come in, you get really excited and you try to deliver everything on Monday morning. And so there's this big push at the front end. And then if they meet any resistance from participants, sometimes things tend to fall off. One of the new programs that we're putting in place, though, is a longer term follow up with instructors that's more like do just this one thing this week. And then in the next week, introduce this new idea and just take it one small step at a time. And that is uh, it's showing some early results of sustaining that excitement, making it easier to integrate into class. Well, it sounds like a good idea. And actually, I've talked to Cameron about it and I was hoping to. Well, uh, what do you call it? I've forgotten the name. So this is called the 30 day breakdown where a little bit of information is delivered every day. And then each week is a different module. Instructors are invited to start it whenever they please, and it may not necessarily even be 30 days. They might take one piece of information on a Monday and not get their next one until Thursday, so they can go at their own pace bringing in these elements into class without taking over their personality as an instructor. Because so much of this is overwhelming, um, or, or as instructors, we feel like we need to communicate all of it today in, in this next hour it's so tempting to just want to throw it all out there because it all sounds so cool, but it takes time to really internalize it, and we're, we're trying to promote that idea more. Help everyone understand a little bit of, about Dante Hector. What is your background in fitness? I came into – I mean, I was a high school sports athlete, and then I – did the standard Texas sports in high school. You know, I was the football and track and wrestling guy. And then when I got out of high school, the question was, do I really want to keep doing this? And I wasn't interested in the team sports setting. So I ended up in running initially and did some triathlon after that. And then was a racing cyclist for Texas Tech. And I was mediocre at best, you know, to be honest. But things were very, very exciting in the cycling field for an engineering-minded person. There was the technology that was emerging in bikes. There was the changes that were in, in indoor cycling. And I really got involved with personal training so that I bring the type of progression and controlled uh, improvement from the cycling world to the handful of clients that were just looking for something that was consistent. And I thought, well, riding a bike is as good as it gets, so let me get you started doing that. I was personal training for Texas Tech and was doing fairly well, moved into the group fitness program, and so was teaching on the bike and was doing some other strength training for groups. And at some point, it was discussed, hey, we've got these cool bikes to bring in. Um, they've, they're power equipped and, you know, you can put all this new information in front of the members. And I thought, well, that sounds fun. You know, that's what racing cyclists are doing outside. And you're a tech guy. Very much so. I uh, graduated in engineering. I have always loved the the physics of bicycles. It's why I went into engineering to begin with. You're a math guy. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's not terribly common, but I, I love it deeply, and I'll, I'll get nerdy about it for hours given the opportunity. So let's not open that can of worms too deep. No, no, and that's fine, but it appealed to you. And, and, it, and 
you're a small subset of group fitness instructors from a personality perspective. I don't, I don't recognize that we have a lot of math gurus, <laughs> um, super tech people involved, which I think can cause some intimidation. Um, you know, how would you recommend someone who isn't comfortable with math or has no interest in it, I guess would be a better way to put it. How would you help them communicate what you're trying to teach them around power to, you know, from a non-techie, non-math-based person to their classes? I mean, do you have any guidance that you can offer other instructors on that level? The main thing that I emphasize, especially to those who it would be feigned enthusiasm to try to talk about every little bit of the numbers is simply that by taking this snapshot of your fitness and it could be anything that you choose to measure it could be your average speed over a two-minute interval or it could be your heart rate at a given cadence during a climb Um, but then for those who have been doing this a while it could be that snapshot of power over a fixed interval and instead of getting too wrapped up initially in the various stages of training and how they relate to that one number just recreating that interval at a certain interval later at a certain time period later to then remeasure and just say am i better stronger faster is a great place to start because everyone enjoys seeing a result, a result that they understand is progress. Um, and in the less interpretation you can put into it, the better. We start people with measuring speed and miles an hour. You know, you went, I asked you to go four minutes as hard as you could on this flat. You went 21 miles an hour today. Four weeks from now, you went 22 and a half. Hey, look at you. You've gotten faster. And you find that that is accepted, uh, you know, by the instructor community you're working with? It's, it's much easier to process that. For some of them, it has been, you know, I've met a few instructors that, you know, they will always end on the same song. You know, there's one big song that their class really enjoys. They'll end with that. And I'll say, well, let that be your benchmark. And every couple of weeks, just have them look at a metric. Pick a metric that you think is relevant to your participants and let them see if they're making progress. And that has been accepted. It's been more challenging saying, here is, here's your FTP. Here's your functional threshold power. Now, here's where you should be working when you're recovering. And here's what a sprint should look like. That hasn't gone over as well because it's just too much information right now. How do you recommend that the, the participants are recording all this information? That to me is always the sticking point. You know, it's one thing to say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna understand some speed, for example, over a four minute interval this week." Then four weeks from now, we're gonna do it again. How do we, or how do you recommend we help everyone remember what those numbers were? I have heard of a few different techniques, and I think that it depends a lot on what your participant base is like. I was very fortunate at Texas Tech that we had essentially fixed classes. People bought in to be in one specific class over a period of time. And so I would essentially keep a record board. You know, I would have a little whiteboard with a nickname or uh, a bike number, since people were very consistent about the bike that they rode, and just for whatever the benchmark was, each three write down what my metric you know, whatever that average speed was over the three minutes. But I've had lots of people who, you know, are coming into class with their phones. 
especially where I am now here in Austin at Core 180, we just have them make a little note, you know, make a memo pad note that says the date, whatever the metric was, and then we do it again later and they get really excited about it. Are you encouraging people to use the Stages and Recycling iPhone app? Absolutely. Um, if you can get access to one of the Wahoo Fitness keys, which lets you sync with the console, I think that the app is phenomenal because it will track all that information for you. It's it's like a free motion bike specific training peaks that is stored on your phone that it'll track your progress over time. It'll tell you when you are working at your limit or even a little beyond it. And I think that the user interface is really clever because you've got essentially a tachometer in front of you that's like, I am working 50% as hard as I could be, and I'm okay with that. And it's that real-time feedback that I think is valuable. One of the neat features of that app is, and I got my buddy Randy I've talked to, I don't know if you heard me, but I talk about my buddy Randy all the time, and he's a <laughs> technology guru, and he is just in love with his app. Matter of fact, I kid him because in class he never lifts his head. He stares. <laughs> he's, got, he's got his iPhone rubber banded onto the on the console, but he's constantly having it go through that FTP assessment that it does yes. while you're riding. And and is that something that you're encouraging people to use, or are you trying to do more benchmark testing? If you have the app available, and we have a handful of people who have in my own classes, I think that it's phenomenal to have that FTP screen right there because it is constantly updating the ranges in which you can work. And for a person who has that information in front of them, when we are working some of the harder rides that I do, like the race truth that I'll look at today, or uh, one that I call the two-minute tortures, it, it defines what a work range really looks like since so many people struggle to go hard enough in a hard phase and easy enough in an easy phase. I think having that information right there is extremely valuable. What makes it advantageous over just working with a coach and having them present all these ranges of information for you is that instead of having to think about it and have to remember, okay, what was an active recovery zone for me? The app, you know, will show you with a color. It'll put a number right there, and all you have to do is ride to the number. Making it very easy. Yes, and that is the objective. I think that the less we can think, the more we can just enjoy doing the work and making the progress. Exactly. Uh, kind of a different question from a structure standpoint. You were saying how where you're teaching at the college there, they people are buying into a program, it sounds like. That is a, correct. A certain number of weeks. How long is it? So they were coming in to six-week class sets um, during the semester and in the summer, four-week class sets. And so as an example, a person would buy into 6.30 a.m. Monday and Wednesday for six weeks. And that was their class to arrive. Their bikes were reserved. Everything, they, they saw the same instructors every time, usually two instructors, one on Monday, one on Wednesday. And what we used it for and what made it so great was that you could very easily have a brand new participant, and this was really valuable, have them start on a certain day and say, in six weeks, here's something we think you'll be able to do, and at the end, check and see if it was done. 
even if it was something as simple as you could be here one week every week for these six and you'll feel more comfortable sitting on the bike. You know, it could be something that intangible or we could do a benchmark test with our more advanced group. They tended to come in at lunch and say, this is where you're at on this six minute interval. We're only going to test it again at the end and we're just going to have fun in between and you'll see that you're getting better. Okay. Going along that lines, do you, or would you recommend studios adopt that type of a policy or a, or a structure so that you're clearly identifying these classes as power-based, metric-based, um, rather than just some random drop-in class? Do you, do you, are you seeing value in doing it that way? I think it's worth it for lots of studios to maintain drop-in classes because there are a lot of people that you can access. But it is also valuable to put on maybe one very focused class on your schedule that says this is where you're coming if you want to see improvement on the bike or if you have a very, very specific fat loss goal. And if it's a type of studio, like many of the larger gyms will have a, a ongoing nutrition program. You know, you can come in for a 30-day cleanse or something like that. It's useful to have one of those focused metric-based classes accessible for those people that are in a structured nutrition program because it lets you make sure that they're getting quality exercise in uh, or exercise at all. Because I see that as kind of a problem. You know, we're, you know, as instructors, we're so often stuck focusing on the lowest common denominator and it prevents us from, and I know Cameron would give me a hard time about this because I'm doing it <laughs> It's difficult if you have just a random, you know, class that isn't identified as being, you know, power-based or, like you say, uh, something that's tied to a very specific training program. Yeah, it's difficult to teach it that way. Right. And, you know, I know Lifetime, where I teach, had a, a series of classes this winter that they ran with some of the outdoor group ride, lead, ride group leaders um, that followed along with the, a spinnervals profile that Troy Jacobson developed. Okay. And so these were incredibly specific classes. And I think that they did well. Obviously, they don't, they don't translate. It's like, like here in Minnesota, it's finally nice. So, you know, <laughs> the classes end because we're, we're all desperate to get outdoors. But I think maybe not at that level, but to have, a, to have classes structured in a way that people understand right away that these are specific they are not entertainment based these are these are metric based classes one of the things that we're trying to do the studio i'm at is core 180 and it's a cycling and pilates blended fusion format where we are trying to reach some of the expansive cycling and triathlete populations in austin but for the competitive athlete, it's not as appealing to come indoors because they don't always feel that there is a structure or a rhyme or reason to what we're doing. And it's it's hard to say that, you know, because people love coming in with that, that random element and being entertained. But sometimes there is a population that wants more focused work. And I think having something like this in your programming that says this is, you know, for the fairly novice triathlete, you 
you want to do better on your bike split, this is the class for you. Or for the cyclist in the cold of winter, and fortunately in Austin, we never have that. But where it's really cold in other places, it could also be useful to say, here is a base building program, and it's going to be eight weeks long, and we can verify that we will improve you know, the beginning of your season based on these numbers. Well, good. Well, Dante Hector, Stages Indoor Cycling Master Educator, we're going to roll into your audio profile, but I wanted everybody to get a little introduction of you and let you share some of your information, and you're very articulate. I I appreciate that. I'm going to look forward to having you on this podcast again. Well, thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here today. You know, I've I've been fairly new to ICI Pro, and it's there's just so much great stuff there. It's an honor to contribute. Well, we're going to look forward to knowing more about you. If someone is hearing this and has a question that uh, they want to have you address, how would they best get a hold of you? They can reach me via email, and it will be info, I-N-F-O, at thefitlifept.com. That is the best email to reach me for really any topic, especially one fitness-related. Okay, spell that out for everybody. Sure. And so that's info, I-N-F-O, at the, T-H-E, fit, F-I-T, life, L-I-F-E, P-T, dot com. Awesome. And I will also include that as a link in the show notes for this podcast. So again, Dante, appreciate your time today. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast, the voice of indoor cycling. You can find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com and we're in the iTunes Music Store. Search Indoor Cycling and subscribe to our free podcast. Now, if you're like most instructors, you're struggling with finding the time to create the perfect class profile and the music playlist to go with it. If that sounds like you, consider a premium subscription to ICI Pro. We've done all the work for you. Inside ICI Pro, you'll find the largest collection of comprehensive class profiles for teaching conventional classes, classes featuring heart rate, and also power. Contributed by the most diverse collection of master trainers and rock star instructors on the planet. Every profile includes a complete music playlist we guarantee your class will enjoy. Combine ICI Pro with Spotify and you could be ready to teach an awesome class in minutes Visit IndoorCycleInstructor.com forward slash pro and start your no-risk trial subscription today.